Welcome to the 2022 Canadian Triple Crown Series MX Nationals preview show brought to you by Maple Ridge Motorsports and Canadian Kawasaki. Let the good times roll. Uh, this is Billy Rainford here and with me will be Greg Poisson and our expert pro rider uh, contributor here is going to be Hayden Halstead. Man, we're glad we uh, were able to grab him and get some time. He's uh, raced all of these guys, so it'll be fun to kind of hear what he has to say about them and, uh, you know, add to what uh, what we're saying as who we, how we think the season is going to go. So anyway, welcome to it. We've done this for uh, several years now. It's always kind of fun and hopefully this should be good and pretty informative. Uh, we'll go over the 250 class and then the 450 class. The Nationals actually start June 5th here at uh, Whispering Pines in Kamloops. Um, so it's uh, it's almost here. So let's uh, let's get to it. Let's start talking about the uh, 250 class. First of all, Greg, how are you doing, man? And thank you very much for uh, jumping in here. Let's uh, talk some moto. Yeah, I'm doing good, Billy. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Um, it was good to kind of talk before the Nationals start to see who's right who's wrong and you know have some predictions and uh you know say some things that might get ruffle some feathers and and whatnot um and then obviously get told that you were either right or wrong you know a couple rounds in so that's always the best part of this uh this job i guess you would call it <laughs> yeah and uh, and hayden i guess uh i mean i know you're a busy working man these days but uh, you're actually we caught you on a day off today yeah, uh, the only thing I'm concerned about is how much you're paying me for this. Lots. Okay, perfect. Then I got lots of opinions. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Um. Yeah. Hayden, what? Uh, by the way, let's talk about that. What are you doing for racing this season? I saw you on a two-stroke. Uh. Well, you can't. You can't have dirt bikes without having fun, and everyone goes on about that being a priority. So I picked myself up a 150. That was definitely a good decision after riding it and uh, got the smiles per miles meter at an all-time high. But I'm just working on my house here, getting it all finished up. Probably going to take longer than expected, so not too concerned about racing the old dirt bike this year. But I uh, don't count me out. I, I, uh, I'll be back next year, that's for sure, the full force. Okay, now the fact that you've got a 150, does that mean you'll be doing the pre-mix racing, or are you going to try to line up in the actual Pro Nationals? Uh, honestly, it's pretty fun. It's kind of competitive against 250F, so I'm not opposed to lining up in MX2. If I show up to a race to do a pre-mix, I'll probably end up doing both. Okay. All right, cool. And Greg, how's your uh, how's your riding going? We know we have the, uh, the big press release there with you, you and uh, Ryan Derry and Dario... Dario Zeka, what, uh, talk about that a little bit. How's your how's your season coming along? Um, well, I've ridden a handful of times and uh, hit the gym uh, less than that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the vet life, so it's pretty good. I haven't raced yet this year, but uh, I plan on doing some, you know, some of the AMO stuff and amateur day stuff uh, at the Nationals. I wouldn't really call it much of a press release other than the three of us just got together in the same place at the same time and had a photographer on uh, on deck, but you know it's uh, it's a cool deal with Barry Honda. Uh, sorry, Barry Honda Powerhouse, as I call it, and, and Honda Canada. As you know, I've had a pretty long relationship with, with Honda through my dad and through you know my own uh, racing uh, endeavors over the years. So it's cool to be back on red. And uh, yeah, so Ryan's gonna be racing the full series on a 450, and then Dario will join in on the East Coast. So I guess a round four that is, and then. Uh, as the uh, 
caption says I'll show up whenever I'm not at the cottage or uh, doing something else. So I'll be uh, at a few races for sure, and I'll probably be at more races when I'm not racing, but we'll see. I don't know. It's been fun, though. It's been a lot of fun, and that's kind of like the name of the game, and and uh, it's having fun, and I'm starting to have fun again after a long time of not riding and or racing, so it's about having fun first and then lining up after that. All right. Well, I know the uh, the good news is you're going to be at round one out here at uh, in Kamloops in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be fun. Obviously, you won't be racing that one. You're going to be flying out and stuff. So it's going to be a good to have you out here for round one. And we'll, of course, we'll have to do our uh, kind of our season picks. And we'll also do our um, round one picks. So it'll be kind of fun to see who's right on this one. We'll have our answer in uh, less than two weeks now. So, okay, well, let's let's um, let's talk about the 250 class coming in. We've got... Uh, First time champ, we've got Jake Piccolo, who I think uh, opened a lot of eyes, turned a lot of heads last year. His time at Club MX really seemed to pay off. He is, he was, uh, he won our uh, DMX Total Devotion Award presented by Club MX. Um, I mean, starting at the top, defending champ. Um, we've all seen the videos. The kid's got the oppos on lock. This kid, and championships. Uh, What's that? Sorry, go ahead. That's how you win championships. Oppos? Apparently. <laughs> All right, but uh, so um, speaking, I, in my, my opinion, I mean, obviously we got the top two guys. We got uh, Darian Sinai, who won, who was second in the MX division last year and won the Triple Crown in the 250 class. He won't be back this summer on a team or anything like that. So we don't have him, the number two guy, but um, one point behind him was Ryder McNabb. And I think we can't really talk about one without the other, the Piccolo McNabb. I think, I don't think I'm uh, stretching here by saying all of us kind of think those are the two guys to beat this season or Greg, what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, those are, I think those are going to be the guys. It's, uh, you know, um, there always seems to be someone who comes up or, you know, kind of comes up either from the States or, or, uh, you know, steps up and, and is good. I think, it's hard to count out Marco Canella. You know, at any point, he's going to be, you know, a guy that can win motos. I don't know. I'd like to see him win the championship, you know, for KT and everybody because they work so hard. Um, you know, consistency's kind of been his his weaker point, whether it's been, you know, just freak mechanicals. Like, I know last year, I think it was Gopher that they just had a problem. And, uh, you know, the same piston and all the bikes at the same time, and his just like, like it's just one of those things. Um, so I think Ryder and Pickle for sure. Uh, Ryder's going super fast. I mean, his bikes are great. I saw them up close, and I saw you know Ryder riding around Gopher uh, during the media days and stuff. So, I think those are my my top three guys to look for. I think Mitchell Harrison will be uh, he'll be kind of like I, I said before, like a Sanai kind of going forward. He'll get used to our tracks, and uh, you know, there's something maybe uh, Hayden can can uh, actually talk about a little bit too. Is as I mean, our tracks are so different than in the U.S. tracks. Like, they're just, you know, Hayden's done both, and, uh, you know, they're just, they get different kind of rough. They're, they're uh, you know, they're not as long, they're not as wide, they don't prep them the same. Like, it's a, it's a different deal. So I think it's going to take him a little bit to get used to it, and he'll come on strong more in the east, eastern swing of it, so, like, he'll go for on. And then uh, if, I think he's doing the, is he doing the Supercross too? I think we've talked about that, but um, he'll be strong at Supercross, like I said, I think it'll just be a carbon copy of Darian or Darian. Is it Darian tonight? Darian tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know he'll be he'll be that guy that comes on stronger later in the season, and and uh, you know he'll be a threat then. I don't think he'll be right off the top. Where's Harrison from? He's Lansing, Michigan. Oh, that's what I thought. That's dangerous. District I think that's 14. more dangerous than tonight. 
<laughs> yeah, you got a good point, actually. Well, uh, close, close to uh, close to home here. So he's grown up. He's probably ridden some of these tracks. I bet he's probably been a gopher. He raced uh, here. Let me uh, jump in there. He has raced on. He wasn't sure if it was fifties or sixties, but uh, he's raced Walton and Gopher Dunes. Oh, yeah. Let me I don't know. He might. He might be a threat. Um, he'll definitely be a contender and uh, definitely mix it up with those boys. Hey, Hayden, let me let me ask you this, uh, because you've... Hold you've, on, Bill. If I can say something real quick before we go on from Harrison, if... Uh, I wasn't moving on. You know, if, if, oh, you weren't? Okay. <laughs> um, but I was just going to say, if anything, I remember my experience on a 50 and 60 definitely applies to my, yeah. my uh, racing on a 350F. <laughs> so, I mean, he's going to have Walton dialed. Let's just be honest. He'll be, he'll be dialed. Well, what I was going to say is um, just because, you know, Hayden, you have raced um, Redbud, you've raced Southwick at the uh, Pro Nationals in the States. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, when guys come up, obviously they think they're going to come up here and wipe the floor with us and stuff like that, but the tracks are different. What do you what do you see as the difference? I mean, they're obviously tighter, smaller, but w- what is it that yeah. kind of stops some of these guys from uh, coming up here and winning all the time? I think it's like a real heavy West Coast American thought process that kind of ruins it for some of these guys so if they reach that level where or if they're from the west coast where they kind of have that west coast american suspension set up maybe or they're used to riding kind of baked out tracks yeah they might be good on the west coast but even our west coast is so different from the the west coast down south i mean you got tracks like Kamloops, sandy uh, Prince George, kind of sandy, uh, McNabb Valley. You just have just ruts and crazy, moist, beautiful dirt. Like none of that West Coast stuff. So, and, and same with down south in the East Coast. I mean, yeah, you kind of have a little bit of sand, but that's more of our our West Coast. But yeah, I don't know. Harrison will be will have that going for him. He'll be aware of kind of that more smaller bump rough canadian style track than the the super wide open harder harder suspension kind of american stuff that they they lean towards all right now um do we talk about uh, the fact i know uh, beforehand we talked a little bit uh, hayden about uh, the fact Mitchell Harrison was eighth overall in the 250 class AMAs in 2020. He didn't race uh, MX in 2021. Uh, he was 10th uh, last year in the West Coast Supercross. Um, coming up here, uh, going to be racing the guys. So, is you don't think he? You don't think that makes him a favorite then? Uh, a favorite? Yeah. Or eligible? Oh, oh. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I. I'm curious to see how he does. I uh, I'm not much of the of a rule book enforcer myself, but I know we were speaking about that a little bit earlier because of one of my friends was uh, kind of pointing that out to me, which I thought was interesting. But I don't want to I don't want to push any buttons on anyone, so I might just keep that one quiet. But I I, I that being said, I am excited to see how he does. Right. Okay. I mean, that's obviously the argument. We want to see the best up here. I mean, it is. I mean, there is pro am. We do have some yellow plates in the 250 class as well. So I mean, there's that. But um, let's. Uh, okay. So Mitchell Harrison, Ryder McNabb, Jake Piccolo, Marco Canella. We're expecting them. Now, what about guys uh, stepping up? Julian Bennett coming off that uh, that leg injury. Um, what do you think about him? He was six last year. 
what uh, do you think he'll be a kind of guy to watch for as well? Anybody, Greg, what do you think? Uh, I think Bennett will be similar where he was last year. I don't like he hasn't had a lot of offseason time or even making any huge gains. I mean, you know, Julian and PRMX, um, you know, they always provide like the best that they can. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to have a decent bike for sure. It's just, uh, you know, he's, he came off injury, or injury right? So he, he hasn't had a lot of time, I don't think. So we'll have to uh, see how he does. Like, I think he'll be a top, I, I said this earlier, he'll be a five-day guy. And, and uh, I mean, that's kind of going to be my number for a lot of people is the five-to-eight range. Um, you know, I think he'll be, I think he'll do well. Like, he did well at Gopher, I think it was last year, um, like randomly, you know, just did really well. So I think he'll do that again. I don't know if he's going to be cons- – he's still pretty young too, right? So I don't know if uh, the consistency is going to be there uh, all season long. And he's going to get better, obviously, as the season goes because he's coming off that broken leg, which kept him off for, a, I think, a pretty long time, a few months, I think, at least, right? So. Yeah, I was hurt. He injured it in Daytona, so uh, it's been since then. So, what? Uh, yeah. Any any comments on that, uh, Hayden? What do you see about a youngster like him, tall kid? Yeah, what, what, what was his injury? He snapped his uh, right leg, lower right leg. Oh, been there on the left. Um, I mean that like what? Uh, I, I feel like you'll be curious to see who's going to take that kind of fourth position. Who kind of is the dominant guy of that second group? So, like Greg was saying, it's it's going to be interesting to see who actually takes the the dominant side of that second second group there so he's definitely in the running for that right right it seems like each year we kind of have a top couple guys and we have that uh, that battle 450 is kind of the same way we have that interesting talk with a few guys that are always dicing it up and i should also mention too jake piccolo last year won the title riding with al dick on the uh, on his team the mvp team so now he has full support from the factory ktm team well, Jake Piccolo does, I'm talking here. So obviously he's got uh, all kinds of uh, reserves there for him. And coming up with him, uh, another guy we need to talk about too, who wouldn't uh, didn't break, you know, he ended up 15th last year uh, coming into this coming into the season, though he's doing the full thing. Talking about Sebastian Racine, what uh, what do you guys think? He was fifth at Sandalee last year. I got, a, I got a question real quick. I don't know if any of you guys have an answer for it, but did Piccolo have any bike issues uh, during the last season? I don't think his results show any. I know. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, arm pump. Any, the races. Yeah, he used to get arm pump real bad in the first first motos, but uh, I don't think he had any any. Uh, well, because I know he was getting some KTM support halfway through the season. Yeah. So get like their 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 engines and stuff. Well, just when uh, Billy was talking about Pickle having factory support there, I was in my mind just thinking that the kid is riding so good that he probably isn't going to really ride much better but I was curious if he had had any uh, no disses to Dick if he had any issues with with if he had won the championship without having any bike issues that would probably get you know cleaned up with being on KTM so if that was a, a, a thing he would probably be even more lethal this year but no like you guys are saying yeah, well, he had he had Andrew McLean helping out on the bike too. Obviously, multi-time national champ Andrew okay. McLean. So he definitely had uh, people who knew what they were doing on the wrenches. Yeah, that's a next level mechanic there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as uh, Sebastian Racine, now I know he raced the uh, round three of the AMO there last weekend at Sandalee. 
had to pull off. He was having some uh, some dizziness and stuff like that. So I hope that's not something uh, something you know. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, he's. Uh, what do you think about a kid like a young kid like Sebastian Racine getting that factory ride and stuff like that too? Uh, do you think he'll be up in that, Greg? Five to eight. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's going to be a, a. I mean, I don't. I think you know, being around those guys like Jess and and uh, and and Jake and and you know, he'll be. I know he's been put in the work at club, uh, so I think he'll be a solid fifth place guy. Like we saw him at at Sandali, just how well he did. Um, you know, as an intermediate and as not really someone who's you know really planning on doing the series at that point. So he, um, you know, I think he'll be a solid fifth place guy. Like I think it's. In my opinion, the top five is going to be a mix of any any of the guys we mentioned, right? Piccolo, McNabb, Canella, um, I think Harrison, too, at certain points, um, and Racine. I think you know that will be your top five consistently for the first bit, and then we'll we'll see Bennick and, and some of the other guys kind of fill in that that uh, six to ten range. Your thoughts on that, Hayden? As far as uh, Racine goes? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say. Like I said, it's just going to be a battle between those kind of that second group there, whether it be like an Amiot or a Racine or, you know, any any of those guys. But I, like I said exactly earlier, just repeat myself, I'm super excited to see is we got some fresh names like, like a Racine or um, a... Uh, Who's the Cowie? The Cowie kid. Rempel, Dylan Rempel. Rempel, you know, kind of, kind of younger guys like this, and uh, it'll be exciting to see if uh, who can on my list here. There's about one, two, three, four. So who who can maybe start breaking in the top five? It's going to be interesting. Right, like I'm going to just kind of throw a whole bunch of names out here. You mentioned Quinn Amiot. we got Jeremy Mackay is heading west. Don't forget Tyler oh, yeah. Tyler Gibbs. We've got Zach Ufumzef. Yeah. We've got Devin Simonson coming up for the uh, Partzilla PRMX team. Uh, Blake Ashley, that's who um, guy from the States that uh, Al Dick has brought up for the MVP team. He was 30th at Thunder Valley last year with 28-28s. <laughs> Dylan Rempel, as you mentioned. So, I mean, there's... Uh, Man, we got like again. We say this kind of every year. We got like uh, fifteen guys in that uh, five to eight range. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yep. I'm a big five. To, I'm a big five to eight guy because I think that's pretty safe. As well as it's, uh, you know, you're always going to have your front runners, and then you're going to have the guys that kind of fill it in after that. So, um, you know, I think that's like kind of. I'll say that a lot probably in this podcast, the five to eight. But it's uh, yeah. I, I forgot about Quinn. Not that I forgot about Quinn, but I just didn't really. Um, I couldn't really think of him, so I guess I did forget about him. Um, he, uh, you know, he, I think he's going to be that definitely in that solid five day range. If he's got some, I don't want to say better equipment, but more reliable equipment, as last year we saw just constant issues of things. I mean, even on like his bike blew up on the line at Sandalee, like it's, it was just wild the stuff that was happening to that guy. So I think he's got a better, uh, not the same team, but this better program on that. I don't know the details of it all, but. He seems a little bit happier. I know him quite well, so he seems to be happier and, you know, and kind of doing that. So I think he'll be battling for that fifth place, maybe even a podium guy at times. We'll see. You know, if one of those guys has an issue, he'll be he'll be right there. Okay, yeah, no, uh, and I, I'm not sure. I mentioned Devin Simonson with uh, the PRMX guys. He got to last year. He was 19th with a 21-17 at uh, the Ironman National last last year, and uh, I've seen him ride quite a bit actually. He's a pretty exciting kid to watch. Super fast, uh, the hair flowing, 
Um, do either of you guys familiar with Devin at all or any comments on that? Because I think um, I think Julian Perry will be mad if I don't say that uh, he is definitely going to be a guy up there battling for those top fives at least. What's his What's number? That? What was his number last year? Uh, well, good question with his number. I think I always know him as like 70 or 76. Wasn't he always coming up through there? Or is that, I might be mixing him up, but uh, I think he was 76 last year. Yeah, yeah, he's, he'll probably be dangerous too if he's pulling results like that down there. <laughs> right. Shall, I, shall we call it the? Uh, we, we'll give him the title of dark horse, just so Julian's happy and and uh, saves our butts. But uh, yeah, we'll give him the dark horse uh, title so he can uh, surprise us, and we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, what else do we have to talk about here? And uh, we mentioned uh, Dylan Rempel. I mean, young kid. Moving up, I mean, he's still super young, right? So uh, I know you mentioned uh, Hayden that you'd like to see how well he does if he's going to be a guy that all of a sudden steps up. And we saw him, he had to race a couple junior races just to get points to move up to intermediate this season. And obviously it was half a lap ahead of everybody. So he's got the speed. Greg, what do you think? Do you think you see him up there mixing it in your 5-8 to group? Uh, You know, I don't know if this is going to go over well or not, but I mean, I did pick him for amateur the year last year, so it's not like I got anything against the kid. But uh, I don't see him being a factor at all. Um, he's so young. He's so small. Um, you know, he just came off 85s and super minis last year. Like, it's, you know, this is his first year on big bikes in general. You know, we saw how Ryder was kind of, you know, had his moment. So maybe Dylan will have the same thing. You know, cut rate coming off of um, super minis to, to big bikes. You know, Ryder had a, a few, you know, opportunities where things were good. And But I don't know. I don't really see him being a five-day guy. I see him being like, top tens at all like those you know as hayden can attest those motos you know they're long like 30 like they're 25 plus two or something like that i forget what the 250 motos are but um you know maybe we'll see him do well at some of these sprint motos uh, rounds where they're having they're like 15 minutes um because maybe he's a bit more accustomed to that but he like i said he is just so young and he is pretty small like he's not a very big kid at all um you know these tracks get a different kind of rough than what he's used to um, you know, AMO stuff can't really compare to what, like, you know, go for on a, on a national day, for example, uh, nothing can. So, uh, you know, I don't really see him being a factor. That's not against him. I, if, in the future, I mean, by all means, like sky's the limit, but I think this year is, is going to be like, a, you know, let's make it through the season and maybe get a top 10 or two. And, and, uh, maybe he's the one who's making me, you know, eat my, eat my words later, but I just don't see it. Okay. And, uh, uh Go ahead, Hayden. Sorry, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm just always hopeful, so that's why I like bringing these kids' names up and stuff, and maybe give them a little bit of uh, of uh, hope, uh, talking about them and stuff. But like, like you're saying, it is tough. Gophers tough. Thirty minute motos are tough, and anyone's first year walking into doing real pro motos has their work cut out for them. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah, and that's not a dig at him by any means. Like, it's just, uh, you know, like, let's face reality. Like, I don't even think he, like, he's, like, what, 14, 15? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I'm not sure, but it's going to be hard. That's for sure, with the list we're talking about. <laughs> right. Okay, well, um, should we, we uh, do you want to make, let's take your picks. Like, so when uh, we come out of the gate firing here next weekend, who you think is going to be the guy that shows up? Do you think some people ease into it, or do you think people just go straight for it and, uh Go for the wins, obviously. But uh, what, what do you guys think, Greg? What are you thinking for? Uh, give me your top three for the first round. Uh, top three is going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be no no differentiate. Like it's going to be this for sure, super solid. If anyone else is uh, on the podium, then I'm not wrong, they're wrong. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, it's going to be Ryder McNabb, Jake Piccolo, and uh, Marco Canelo in third. Okay. Hayden, how do you think about that? What do you think? I can't pick. I, I mean, it's so hard. I, I want to say you uh, might have to go with Piccolo just because he prop is, is the first race at Calgary. First race right Cam- here in Kamloops. Oh, Calgary's okay. not on the schedule uh, this year. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> disconnected. This is tough. This is tough because all three between Piccolo, McNabb, and Canell are all going to flourish at Kamloops. They're all kind of. I mean, maybe McNabb isn't a sand guy, but he's lives at Kamloops for now. So, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, Piccolo, Canella, and McNabb. All right, Piccolo, Canella, McNabb. I'm going to go, I'll go McNabb, Piccolo, and Harrison just to uh, have throw a Harrison in there, keep things a little different from what you guys said. So that's what I'll say. Now, do you think that's going to carry over for the series? What do you think, uh, obviously, with the eight-round series? By the way, Hayden, we're doing uh, – Kamloops, Drumheller, Pilot Mound in Manitoba, Break, Gopher, Sandalee, Moncton, Deschambault, and then finishing up at Walton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Greg, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up the, uh, the 250s here. I mean, uh, we kind of talked about, I think, everybody that we need to talk about. If we missed anyone, I apologize. But, um, and if anyone's going to show up unannounced, that could make it also very interesting. So we'll have to see about that. But uh, give us your top three at the end of the season, Greg, 250 class. Um, I'm going to say, oh man, this is, this is tough now. Uh, I'm top three at the end of the year. I'm going to say Piccolo, Canella, and then McNabb. <laughs> All, right. All right. Why do you pick, uh, why do you pick Canella over McNabb? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think cause Marco's the older of, he is, yeah, he's definitely older than the other two. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just think he's, you know, there's been some changes at MX-101. Uh, he's had the most experience in, as a pro, and I think he'll be there. I just don't know, you know, he might win the whole thing, to be honest with you. Like, I'd like to see it. It'd be great, you know, it'd be great for KT and those guys. But realistically, like, he, you know, he's been kind of sporadic. And uh, I, like I said, I think it's going to be Piccolo because he's going to have some of the best equipment. As we know, KTM... Canada and KTM US, which is KTM Austria, they all work well together. And uh, there's, so I mean, he's gonna have really good bikes. And uh, you know, I just think it's gonna be, I think I think that's how it's gonna go down. I think Ryder's still kind of young. Um, you know, he's got time to to mature. And Jake's already won, so I think Jake can be up there and and go from there. But yeah, I don't know. I think Marco's just Marco might surprise all of us, right? He might be the guy that's just waxes everyone who knows like it's it's one of those things that's why we do these preview shows because they're they're all uh it's all up in the air all right hey yeah. let's hear your top three man you uh you know these kids you've raced some of them actually uh well i guess you're on your small bike but uh t- <laughs> you're 150 but uh, talk about uh, what do you think top three series um buddies with all these guys i'm gonna I'm going to go and say Piccolo for the championship solely on the fact that he's the only guy in the mix that's already won one. So I think that's some confidence that he has over everybody else that no one can can train for <laughs> without going and getting it, you know? 
So that's a big leg up, I think, on the competition. And I'm I'm gonna say that he's my championship pick just just for that reason. And and from what I've heard, you know, he's not injured and he was at Club MX. So like I keep saying over and over again, that can make a guy pretty dangerous. <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, how about two three? I I can't pick. I'm just I just I'm just not gonna throw a pick out there because I can't pick between McNabb and Canella. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I know it's one of those things. I know we're not, uh, no matter what you say, people are going to be mad and people are going to be happy. But uh, just to make it different, I'll go McNabb, Piccolo, and Harrison, the top three. And, and I I mean, obviously, you could, like you mentioned, Greg, uh, Marco Canella's got a ton to prove. He wants to get one more season in that 250 class. I mean, I know he had an option to go um, 450 for another team and chose he wanted to unfinished business in that 250 class. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, classic. Come up to my window. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Someone trying to get in Greg's window. All right, but uh, yeah. So I just think, uh, I mean, like you say, Marco could come out and blow everybody away, and that'd be also. I'd be, I'd be happy to see that. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm just like, uh, I haven't seen. I'm gonna see Piccolo this uh, Thursday at Whispering Pines. Here, a bunch of guys are coming out to ride, so I'm gonna be out there checking that out. I'll get my first look in a while at him. I know he's got the oppos, now I got to see if he's done the work. Uh, let's see how fit he looks, because I know Ryder McNabb is just frothing at the mouth to get this going. The kid's so young, uh, I don't think he lets anything bug him except for losing. So I think uh, I think McNabb's going to be tough to beat. And Harrison, the unknown, not really unknown, but I mean unknown because we haven't seen him with our guys yet. So I give him third. That's my pick. I might I might have to switch my pick from Piccolo to Canelo because when we're done this little uh, podcast we're doing here, I got to go pick up my kitchen cupboards from Marco's dad. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You <laughs> <laughs> can't hurt Sam's feelings. We got to be safe. You should have called me after I picked up my kitchen from the Canellas. Hey, they're throwing it against the wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but the kitchen sink. Ah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, did we miss anything in the 250 class before we kind of move on to the 450s? Um, Tyler Gibbs. Yeah, I threw him in. I threw him in there with the group, of course. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about him a little more specifically? Uh, I mean, I just think he's he's actually got somewhat of a, like a, a consistent program this year. You know, instead of coming in halfway as he did last year, and he was deep, like he was a top five guy, at Walton, um, the final round. So I think he'll be. In that, like you said, five to eight, as I keep saying, but um, you know, uh, he's gonna have like a he's gonna ride for the whole year, so that's good, right? It's it's something he is fast, you know, he was at club. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, uh, and if any of that paid off, right? He's pretty, he's pretty young, too, so he might start um flourishing his maturity a little bit yeah for sure for sure i think uh, i think you're right obviously the kid's got uh, just a ton of talent obviously indoors very talented outdoors i think he's uh he's got that too so it'll be it'll be good to see i think let's see him i'd like to see him stay focused and uh yeah see what he can do see if he can crack that top five for sure all right guys well um i think we got our picks we got uh we took a look at everybody i think guys not returning i mean fourth place was tanner ward we're going to talk about him obviously up uh, to the 450 class, uh, Sam Gaynor moved up. He was seventh. Uh, Daniel Elmore was eighth. He's uh, moved up. Davey Fraser, he's a bit of an enigma. We're not uh, sure what's going on with Davey, but uh, let's uh, let's turn our attention now over to the 450 class, shall we? All right, and hey, once again, thanks to uh, Maple Ridge Motorsports and Canadian Kawasaki. Let the good times roll. 
This uh, podcast is brought to you by those guys. Be sure to go see uh, Troy Smith over there at uh, MapleRidgeMotorsports.com. Check them out online and uh, see what they can do for you. Absolutely. Now, 450 class, I, I this the 450 class kind of plays out to me similar at the top like uh, the 250 class does. I mean, obviously, we've got the two guys that we're going to talk about. Obviously, Dylan Wright, two-time defending champ, and Jess Pettis as our kind of our two guys that I think we're probably going to focus on for the wins. Uh, Greg, what do you think about that, like jumping right into the 450s here? Yeah, I mean, it's those are your two picks. It's hard to kind of steer away from either of them, right? And, and uh, you know, going out on a limb, or you'd be going out on a limb with anybody else, I think, to be uh, winners. You know, Jess was hurt. He did get it plated, I believe. What what did we say? What did we find out? Was it radius or was it a collarbone? I forget what he hurt. His uh, right arm, the radius bone, he had it plated. Says he's good to go. Looking forward to round one. So uh, we got uh, Jess Pettis, certainly. He crashed at Glen Helen, and, and I was talking with him uh, just yesterday, actually, about this. And he said any other track, had he done what he had done, he just basically there was a jump in a turn. And he kind of went off the track, and normally he would have just rode out into the grass or into some dirt. But because of the way Glen Helen is, there's kind of like little cliffs and faces, you know, right next to it. So he kind of <laughs> kind of went straight into kind of a bit of a, a straight wall sort of thing of dirt, and uh, just sort of hurt that wrist. But uh, like you say, he had it plated, and he says he's good to go. Oh, Glen Helen. Um, all right. Well, I guess he's good then. Uh, you know, he's been riding, I guess, a bit. So um, I think Dylan's going to be the one to beat outdoors. I mean, he's just been. He's so strong. That GDR team, that bike is dialed. It's second year for that bike, too, so it's even better. You know, I, I, it's hard. Like I said, it's, we're going to be talking about, I think, I mean, third place at this point between those two guys. I, I'd love to see a, a drag-out battle um, all season between them. I mean, we, we have Tyler Medalli doing this whole series again for the 68th time, uh, you know, after, after saying he's going to part-time it, so now he's back again. And, uh, you know, that guy's an Ironman. He can be so good. And he is, like, it's like if he doesn't get a good start, it's hard for him to come through. But if he gets a start, he's good. Like, he's a guy that I think Tyler, for example, could win any, any, like, a moto any day. He's just that guy. You know, will he? I don't know. But, like I said, like, I think he has the capabilities of doing that. So, anyway, so, yeah, I think we're talking about third place at this point. And Tyler is going to be coming on. Like, I think we all agree Tyler can will be close enough up top where he can uh, make the move if somebody else makes a mistake in front of him. But we all know that guy's going to be coming on as hard as he possibly could at the end of every moto. So these other boys better make sure their fitness is up to date. By far, I'd say one of the fittest guys. I mean, he likes riding in the woods for three hours. Like Nobody likes to do that. So he's out there putting in just so much time on the bike. And uh, second year for those gas gas you know, for that, that bike and second year for that team. So they look like they're stepping up a bit more last year. You know, he was like on a woods bike at one round, I think, or like, you know, he was just all over the place. Cause it was just so last minute, you know, I think Talon actually kind of depicted like where Tyler went or dictated where Tyler went, I should say. So I think this year it's like, he's planning to do all the rounds. So he'll be ready. Like he is ready for sure. There's no doubt. Well, we're certainly going to find out if he's ready because he's racing Fox raceway Pala this coming weekend down there in uh, California. So that'll be cool to see. Of course he is. Like, <laughs> just of course, like Tyler, like, instead of just waiting until next weekend, he's going to the West Coast, and he's going to drive up, cam loops. Like, the guy's just, you know, he's always, it doesn't surprise me at all. He'll probably ride is his he, bike up there. Is he racing out of a, a S10 or a Ranger or something? 
Well, he should be. I know he's staying with the Vineys there, so it's also Noah Viney's first pro race at the national level. He could do up to four of them and still race Loretta Lynn's in the A-class and stuff. So he's staying with the Vineys. So, I mean, he's obviously going to be comfortable. He's going to be relaxed. They're like 20 minutes from the track, so it's going to be uh, pretty good. He's on a full-on full on motocross bike this year. He doesn't have the... Uh, any uh, any of the wood stuff? I don't believe, as far as I know. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be good. You imagine Rhino and Tyler together? They either love each other or it'll just the house blow up. No, they know each other quite well. I guess because he trained Jeremy more. Rhino did. I oh, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, back in the OTSFF days, I remember that they they hired Rhino. I don't know if it was Andre that did it or or the medallias, but somebody brought Rhino in and worked with both of them, I believe, for a period of time. wasn't very long, but it was you know they he was around for a bit. That's good. Because if they didn't like each other, the house would probably explode. <laughs> Can you imagine? That, oh, that, amount of energy, that amount of energy, jeez. Anyways. Um, passion. Right, you guys call passion, yeah, for sure. Well, just uh, interestingly, too, I mean, we got to talk about uh, Dylan Wright. At some point, does the fact that he doesn't have a good ACL in either leg, does that somehow, does that potentially bite him at some point? I mean, we've got, uh, you know, that's something you got to think about. I mean, he's just muscled through it last year. And, I mean, you know, you dab your foot wrong. I've never done my ACL, but, uh, I mean, you guys want to talk about that? What do you think? It's between him and Jess. Jess coming in off an injury, too, but uh, his is healed. So I, I, The thing with Jess, like you guys were speaking about his, his injuries, I mean, honestly, I've never counted him out or uh, counted him to perform not to 100% based off not being ready or, or an injury because, I mean, let's face it, the guy's been hurt probably every single winter of his life, and I think he's ridden hurt a lot of times. So I watched the guy break his collarbone when we were teammates, flew home, got it plated, and showed up at, uh, what was it, at uh, Pleasant Valley and ended up winning, winning the race two or three weeks later. So, I mean, I don't count Pettis out at all for being hurt, and Dylan has been pretty good with injuries throughout his career. But same thing, he's got that, that number one plate. The confidence is incredible, probably. He's riding to the to the ability to have that much confidence. So I think that will kind of just shadow any injury that he's dealing with. Greg, any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it's Dylan. I mean, I, I think it was Dusty Clatt that didn't have an ACL for most of his 450 career. He just kind of got used to it, I believe. I don't know if it was both or just one. Um, and I've, I hung out with Dylan before the media day and stuff, and we talked a little bit about it, and he's like, it doesn't really affect him when he's riding other than there's certain situations where he can feel, you know, a bit of discomfort and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's used to it now, right? Like, he's ridden for a whole year with no no ACLs in his knees. So, you know, that like, I think he's, if anything, he's used to it. If anything, might be better now. Because I don't think it gets progressively worse, right? It's kind of like you just don't have these ligaments, and, uh, you know, you get used to it. So we'll see. As, as Hayden said, you know, Jess is, and this is not a dig at Jess, but he's been injured a fair amount of times, you know, little things here and there, and he seems to keep coming back. He's never a guy you count out, right? Like last year, raced Walton with a broken, like a, something to do with his vertebrae. He technically had a broken back. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, you know, I think that's actually what the term was. So, like, he uh, he's just that guy. He's, he's a bit of a bulldog, too, so we'll see. Yeah, he came, he came back to get fifth at uh, Walton after that injury at DeChambeau. Tied Marshall Welton in points, but because he had three wins overall, he took the uh, took second place, tying uh, Marshall for second. So unbelievable. Uh, this, yeah, like you say, riding hurt. Uh, the ability to do that is, uh, yeah, second to none in our sport, that's for sure. 
Yeah, kid's no joke. Let's just be honest. He's no, uh, he's no joke. And, uh, you know, he, if you listen to this, he still rides his road bike with mountain bike pedals and shoes. So, I mean, he's, he's used to things being a little bit off. So that's how he does it. Yeah, and interestingly, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I think Dylan Wright's average finish would be like a 1.8. And Jess, taking out the one where he, that DeChambeau, he ends up being like a 2.1. So, I mean, they're obviously close, one and two sort of thing, right? So... Lots of, uh, Dylan had four wins, Jess had three. So, I mean, man, this is, uh, it's it's interesting. It's, it's, it's fun because, I mean, the obvious thing would be, no, this is Dylan Wright's to lose. But it's like, I don't know, man. Jess was pretty impressive last season. If he comes in healthy and stays healthy, we got uh, we should have a battle. Oh, it's going to be a battle. <laughs> I feel like it's, I think it's going to go right to that. I don't see either of these guys having DNFs, and I don't see these guys getting hurt. Or they get hurt, but they just carry on because they're definitely both bulldogs. They're definitely super fast. And I think it'd be awesome if they if we had a season where it came down to the last race or two. Are we talking, we're just talking nationals right now, though, right? We're not talking overall triple crown, like supercross. We're just talking nationals. This is motocross. Okay, this is this is motocross. So okay, never mind then. <laughs> okay, back to me. Uh, uh, third place was uh, Marshall Welton, tied for Jess, like we just talked about, and in fourth was Cole Thompson, who doesn't look like we're going to be talking about until maybe we get east and see what his uh, what his schedule ends up being like. I know he said he wanted to race, uh, you know, stay if you know if a ride didn't come up, he was happy just uh, hanging out at the lake, chilling out. But I know he wants to. I know he's obviously riding and would like to race the local ones when we get back and who knows where he'll show up right yeah i think so I'll, I'll take this one first yeah. i think cole you know he has been he has been riding a lot since supercross and and uh you know he's been riding at home you see the videos all of a sudden the guy's become a social media sensation like he didn't do any social media for years and all of a sudden he realized like how important it is in today's day and age and uh it's like he got younger because all of a sudden he's really into social media so i don't know what the deal is with that but uh He's obviously been riding, riding a bit of everything, it looks like, um, you know, even down to 125s and stuff. So he seems like he's just enjoying riding again. It's great to see because Cole's raced and ridden his whole life. Like, you know, he, there's a time when you eventually get burnt out, right? So everybody does. Um, so to race at his level for as long as he has, it's, it's good to see. He seems to be having fun. I think he'll do the Ontario rounds at the minimum. He'll probably do the East Coast. I've, this is not any insider info. I just feel like... By then, he's going to want to race. He's going to see where things go, and he's not going to worry about the overall standard or standings. He's just going to want to come in and win motos. And and then I think he has his sights that I like. I said this is not confirmed or even a rumor that I've heard. I just I'm totally spitballing here, but I feel like he might want to be involved with World Supercross. Like I think that's a good fit for him, and and he's going to want to do that as opposed to U.S. Unless he's got some options to U.S. Supercross. I don't know. Right, right. That's kind of a a little crystal balling there, but does it, it makes total sense. He's got, uh, I think, he has unfinished business in Supercross, no matter which which thing he chooses. I mean, obviously, it uh, it was unfortunate last year when uh, when that happened when he got hit there and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think like you say, and I saw this. I kept seeing this weird thing on his face. It was like the edges of his lips were higher than the middle. Oh, it's a smile. It's a smile he had. Oh, like, what are you talking about? Um, I was like, are we speculating he's had some work done, or what? Is, what are we talking about here? <laughs> no, it's just great to see him smiling again. Is what I was joking about. Uh, yeah, so it's cool, yeah. like you say, to see him having fun at the races again. Yeah, that's that's huge, right? That's I think that's what Cole's missed in his program for many years, and he's been program. on you know some of the best teams. And don't say I hate that when you when they say that. Don't even start. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. I think it's. That's what's been missing from his his program, 
for a long time. So I think him having fun doing it on his own, you know, do he we, anything. Do we have a public knowledge answer of what kind of took him down in his last outdoor season? Has that got cleared up or is that not, not, do we have answers? I don't. I'm asking. Was he not kind of struggling the last the last outdoor season, and and there was like talks of, I don't know, like Epstein Barr or something, or like he was struggling with health. Yeah, he had. A, it was some. I thought it was some blood thing or whatever too, and he had some troubles. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he had no strength and everything, and then it finally started to come back or whatever. So I guess obviously he's he's through that. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Don't count him out then. No, and then no, we, I think Cole's another guy that if he shows up and uh, you know he'll he could win at any time. Like he's a, he's a, I would put him over Tyler to be honest with you to win at any time. Not saying you know he's better than Tyler. I just think he's you know he's just got that ability to just pull it out of his out of the hat at any time. Especially like Walton or you know Walton for sure. That guy flies there. Like he's so fast. So I mean, there's two rounds of Walton. He could win either one. If he shows up, <laughs> well, he should show up because we're all fans and we all want to see some good racing. Yeah, I don't see why not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to sit at home. Like, you know, how boring is that going to be sitting at the beach all summer? I mean, hey, like it's not a bad gig, but he's a racer and uh, he's been. You know, I I just don't think he's going to sit all summer. I think he's just doing what Cole does and leaves us all in the dark as much as he wants because it's fun for him, and then eventually he just figures it out. Uh, I, I hope to see him out there. Um, okay, but okay. So we got to our guys. We're missing. We're missing Welton. We're missing Cole from the full series. Uh, we got Dylan and Jess one two kind of thing. We got Tyler Medallia doing the full series. Now we also need to talk about a guy that uh, again Julian Perrier for um, Partsilla PRMX bringing up uh, Justin Rod Bell. Now Rod Bell has got a couple elevenths and a twelfth last year overall in the AMA series. Now I know Hayden, you think that uh, that carries a lot of weight. Which uh, tracks did he finish that at? Uh, you know what? I don't have. To, I'm not sure which ones it was. I know he was tenth overall at Loretta Lynn's the year before at uh, in 2020 in the pro class. Yeah, he'll be a dark horse for sure. He'll be a a, five, a top five guy, I think, right around fifth at all times, and then he'll he'll mix it up on the podium. Uh, certain tracks I, like I said I think a lot of these US guys and I mean I may be just you know giving them too much or too little credit or whatever but they uh, they got to get used to our track our pace the way things are done that does affect people right like I'm sure Hayden when you went down down south I mean you're a pretty laid back guy but you know their changes to the race day schedule and blah 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 like it, it messes with you I, I'd say like I know even just doing say like back in the day like CMRC and CMX you know they people run things differently and it's it can't affect you on race day, so I mean, well, that's just me. But. I agree with you. And when uh, you've done five years of nationals in Canada, and then you go down south, and there's jets flying over during the anthems being played, it definitely, <laughs> definitely throws you off. <laughs> Remember uh, Kamloops 20? Oh, I don't know, maybe 2016 or 17 when those guys flew in on the parachutes, landed right on the start line. Oh yeah, that's right. Or when uh, Leading Edge came in on a, in a helicopter, when it had Avenue and Teddy Mayer, I think it was, and oh, yeah. all those guys. Yeah, I've got those photos. Yeah. <laughs> so Rod Bell, yeah. I mean, uh, we don't, uh, I mean, obviously I got to see him race Supercross all year. The kid's got talent, absolutely. And he, I tell you, you look at him and ask him how he's going to do up here, he will straight up tell you he's going to win it. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. The kid's full of confidence. Uh, he's strong. He's fit. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, 
I guess, do you have a three to five category, Greg? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big five to eight guy, but I mean, like mix in some three to three to uh, three to five. So I think he's going to be a three to five guy uh, all all year, and then uh, he might even mix in a win. You know, you can't take that away from a guy like him, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I think uh, who am I? Who else is in the four fifty class? I think of that's going to be like horsing it up. Ward. T- yeah. So oh, here we go. So let's get into this now because this has been going to be my most controversial. Uh, oh no! The whole thing. Oh, and, uh, well, I talked to Billy about it already. I think we're gonna have guys like Tanner. Um, Tanner's gonna be a five-eight guy. We've got Weston. Weston's gonna be a solid. You know, I think Weston's gonna be that. I mean, this is very biased. So I'm gonna get crap for it for sure. But Weston is gonna be. He's rejuvenated. He's new to the team. He's. You know, I think he's gonna be that guy that surprises a lot of people. I think he's gonna be a solid top five guy. So, um, five-eight, I should say. <laughs> You'll be five to eight all day. Any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on those guys? Out, uh, are we talking about uh, Weston Rosina? I, I just want to. What's your your controversy controversy you're talking about there? Well, I just mean that. I think I I, I think it's going to be all year. It's going to be Tanner and uh, Weston going at it. I think it's going to be them battling for whatever place they end up in the series. Like that, where they kind of fall into it, they're going to be battling for it all year. And I personally think Weston's going to come out uh, on top on this this year because you know he's I just that's what I'm saying I don't want to get into it too much I don't want to have people get mad at me but I think that's going to be it I think he's going to be uh he's going hey to man be, if you want to be a good media guy you gotta you gotta tell your opinion <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's my opinion I think I think Weston's going to be come out on top out of those two all right, interesting. Now we also uh, squeeze another guy in there. What about uh, Sean Moffenbeier back, uh, rejuvenated mentally, and his legs better? He's ready to go. Uh, what do you think about a guy like Moffenbeier? Finished seventh <coughs> last year. Was a, his best was a, was a fourth at the second goal for Dunes. Uh, Moff will be uh, around fifth place. I think he'll be he'll be a fifth place guy. You know, mixing a podium or two, but I don't think he's going to be um, you know a solid podium guy. I think he's just been around. And he's just kind of, you know, he's enjoying it. He's at the end of his career, per se. So I think that's where he's going to end up and just kind of be that that uh, fifth place guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you guys like Moffenbeier, Rod Bell, and Tyler will be literally the three guys that are uh, that come after Patterson Wright. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that too. I do. Yeah. So it'll be more in my mind, like the like award and rosina and, and those guys will will probably be they got they, they're gonna have to get by a tyler and a rod bell and and um offenbeier if they want to get up there i think that's uh, i would 100 percent agree with that i think that's uh, i think that's like we say we always have this battle for the top we have the top two we're saying like uh Dylan and Jess, and like you say, then we got that little group behind there. And then there's that big group that uh, they ended up always kind of finding each other last year, too. I'm talking about guys like, uh, well, Liam O'Farrell won't be coming out west, but uh, Parker Eels will be doing the whole thing. Tim Tremblay, he's just, I think he'll just be doing the east. Uh, Keelan Meston will be kind of jumping in and out kind of thing at his uh, mixed-up schedule. Uh, Yannick Boucher is doing the whole thing again. He was 11th last year, two points ahead of Ryan Derry. So those kind of guys, I think, are going to be the next little group that's fun to watch, too. I mean, uh, that, 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 I'll cut you off. That being said, with the, the Ward thing, is I, I feel like Ward is the total wild card. He can swing either way. He could potentially have a really good year and, and maybe be the guy that is beating all these other guys and, and kind of the next in line here. 
I, I can't. Re- I don't really have anywhere to put them. <laughs> what do you think, Greg? Yeah, and after that, like six. Uh, I mean, after yeah, like after sixth place, fifth or sixth place. There's, uh, I mean, there's could be ten guys that could fill in there at any moment, right? Like it's you mix in the Boucher, Boucher's, the Dairies, the um, Trombley when he shows up. Trombley would be a top five guy when he shows up uh, for sure. He always is. Um, you know, it's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be tight. So right. How about a kid like uh, Parker Eels? Who I think he's only 22 still. He's still a young guy. He's doing the whole series again. I think he's flying in and out to the east and stuff. He's uh, working, but still riding lots. I'm, again, he's going to be one of the guys I think I'm going to see here at uh, on the Moffenbeier and uh, Eels will be at uh, Whispering Pines this Thursday kind of thing to check him out. So what, what do you think about a kid like Parker Eels? I think I put Parker just ahead of that next little group. He ends up um, kind of in no man's land a lot. You know what I mean? He'll be kind of riding on his own, trying to get to up to that next group with uh, Tyler and and uh, Rod Bell and stuff and just ahead of those guys behind him. So it'll be interesting to see if he can make that jump. Yeah, I yeah I, I agree with you on that one. I was uh, yeah, I don't know. Tough to tough to really like Parker will be there. Um, he'll just be kind of consistent, you know. He'll be that like you said. He kind of ends up in no man's land, and you wonder if he's if he's going forward or if he's just cruising. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Any thoughts on that, uh, Hayden? Uh, not really. I, I don't really know him well enough to to comment on on that. My mind is just brewing here between who I think is the the best of the second pack after Pettis right? so, <laughs> that's where I'm at okay now another guy I think Sorry, we should Parker. talk you know what we should talk about too is uh, young he's gone through I'm actually going to do an uh, interview with him later on today I'm talking about Daniel Elmore man who has the had his two bikes stolen from uh, from Club MX this, this past season now he's got another bike He's going to do it. He showed some uh, some flashes last year. He's moved up to the 450 class. So I would say maybe throw him in there with uh, with Parker Eels, I think, uh, in that group, ahead of that next next gang. Yeah, I see him being a 10 to 12 guy. Um, you know, it, it, uh, I don't, you know, he didn't really light the world on fire last year, and he's moving up to a class with faster guys, more experienced guys. Um, this year, you know, he is third, number 13, which is good. But, um, you know, I think that's where he's going to kind of stay for now. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. All right. And no, do you know him very well, uh, Hayden? Do you want to comment on that, or what do you think about uh, Daniel Elmore moving up to the up to the 450 class? Yeah, I don't really know him too well either, so he's kind of in the same same boat as uh, Parker Eels for me. Okay. I do I do know they're both good guys. I've met them before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now another um, another we've got to talk about uh, the whole situation here with the the riders and the team. We got uh, talking about Sam Gaynor moves back up to the 450 class. Unfortunately, he's got that scaphoid injury. Won't be coming out. Uh, won't be coming west. He will be racing east. And he also said that he's got some big news coming up for uh, for upcoming this year too. So that sounds interesting. So I'm not sure, but so Sam, we'll have to take him out of the conversation because he's not going to be in the uh, the title hunt. But his um, his replacement is kind of yet to be named. I know Steve Sims over on that team is having having troubles filling the spot. He was interested in uh, Evgeny. Bobrashev, but apparently the final ruling on that is he is not allowed to ride here. So that uh, kind of takes Evgeny out of competition of the uh, around the world, as far as I know. So um, be interesting to see what what Steve is able to do to fill that to 450 ride when we yeah uh, next weekend. So it's going to be it's going to be tough for him. Any thoughts on that, you guys? Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm sure uh, Vladimir Putin is going to stop his war because we won't let Bobrashev race uh, Katie Nationals. So I'm sure that uh, it's a real great you know 
we'll get well that'll show him for sure <laughs> yeah i don't want to say too much but i feel like that's total bullshit also i agree 100 <laughs> percent. all right he has i mean he's what is he 15 years living in the in in the netherlands is i think his wife is half ukrainian but uh, anyway, uh, again, yeah, we don't need to, need to say too much about that. Just the fact that uh, I did speak with Justin Thompson, and he said the final ruling is that he's not there. He won't be able to race here either. So that's uh, that's the way that uh, shook down. So it'll be interesting. I know Steve will be running around now trying to find someone to fill that, uh, put someone on maybe, that seat. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll let him race in quotations. We just won't turn his transponder on. <laughs> Yeah, right. something he's not allowed to. Sh- yeah, who knows? That's such a joke. Whatever. Or, or, or uh, we'll, we'll, he can ride under Steve's name. Look at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, yeah, we uh, let's. Uh, we're kind of running up to the hour mark here, so let's talk about uh, who comes out guns a blazing at round one. Let's let's do kind of what we did with the two fifty class. Who do you think takes the first uh, first round top three here? What do you guys see, Greg? We'll go to you there, man. What do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be Dylan Pettis. And then uh, third will be Tyler. That's my top three uh, going forward. End of the year, it's going to be Dylan, Jeff, and then uh, I guess you say it again, probably Tyler. Like, I don't know if Tyler's going to race the full series. Like you said, he's going to be consistent. He'll be the guy. So, yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be right there. How about you, uh, Hayden? Yeah, first round, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably go with the, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the same. I'm gonna go with um, Dylan, and then Pettis and Tyler, just because I think Tyler has zero stress, zero worries, and will be able to perform real good at the first race. But in the championship, I'm gonna switch Tyler out for uh, Moff and Byer because I think once Moff gets his ball rolling, that it'll be uh, a pretty consistent uh, finish, and that might lead him right up there into the third spot. Okay, interesting. Yeah, good point. Uh, well, I think uh, I, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to put uh, Moff as third at round one, but uh, Tyler as third in the uh, championship. So I got Dylan, Jess, and Ooh. Tyler. So yeah. I, I I can't disagree with that because I think Moff's pretty pretty good at Kamloops, but then Kamloops is also very similar to Sandy where Tyler's really good. So maybe we'll just end up with some really really good racing at round one. <laughs> yeah. All right now, um, yeah, I think I think the interesting uh, the question mark is going to be Rod Bell. I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to fare against these guys. I mean, what if he comes out and is running with the top guys? That'll be, I mean, that'll just be great if he does. I don't know. Uh, again, got to see him ride outdoors before I can make that call. So, I uh, I just yeah, gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that uh, you know he's going to we're going to have to see where he, he lands at the beginning, and then uh, he'll he'll probably improve from there. Or if he comes out and smokes everybody, well then uh you know that's on me <laughs> no you said then they're wrong it's a good point yeah they're wrong <laughs> if he wins sorry that's not the way it was supposed to be all right but uh all right guys well uh, anything you want to add before we uh, wrap this uh thing up there hayden do you want to uh anything you need to say i know you got to go get your kitchen i am definitely wicked excited after kind of realizing how this year looks like it's going to shape up so <laughs> My uh, my dad always likes seeing really close racing. He never likes seeing anyone uh, pull away with a big lead, and I think that's how this year is going to go in both both classes. So, if you're a fan of the sport, holy, I think we got a good year coming up. And that being said, I forgot I was going to say, with all the stuff going on down south, with all these guys coming back and all these weird riders, and are we going to see a return of Fatsiati? 
<laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Uh, you never know, though. I mean, I don't see it. You never know. I know Dusty was joking about it making a comeback in 2023, so I thought oh, on Facebook. Can and, and get them both you know, together. Yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty sweet. Put them on a vet rider team together again. It'll uh, get the people going. All right, well, if anybody's listening to this, right. we just did just put up another link, too, if you want to um, online. get You can go online and get your tickets to the uh, to the races. Uh, make sure you go and do that. And if you want to watch them, you get the uh, Ride TV app, so check that out. Uh, once again, thank you very much to uh, Troy Smith over at uh, Maple Ridge Motorsports and Canadian Kawasaki. Let the good times roll. I like throwing that in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so thanks, everybody. Thank you, Hayden. Uh, good luck with um, – are you getting out on the weekends and riding your bike, or are you uh, just kind of stuck doing housework? Yeah, I, I've made it out to a couple of AMO races this year already. Race gopher. I just went up to St. Lee on the weekend and and had fun on the dirt bike and, and no power up there and all that jazz. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting out still. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you uh, sitting in with us and chatting and giving some of your insights. I mean, it's always cool. And what uh, you also did a couple of GNCCs too. Which which ones did you do for GNCC? Uh, Ironman and Unadilla, which was pretty sweet because I got to ride on the moto track, which was fun. <laughs> All right, so if you're listening to this somewhere and you aren't familiar with Hayden, uh, he's certainly done some uh, done some racing, done some stuff. Uh, yeah, so and good on a trials trials bike too, aren't you? Are you are you talking about the? Did you mean to ask me about AMA Nationals? Since this is a motocross podcast and not No, because no, we already talked about that. I just want to let people know that you're pretty well-rounded, oh. that you've done GNCC, and you also rip up a trials bike. All right, so, Greg, uh, that was Hayden. Yeah. yeah, we'll see everyone around one. All right, Greg, thanks very much. What's next for you on the uh, on the racing scene? I'm going to go riding tonight, and then uh, I think I'm going to do the GDR factory uh, race in June 19th, I think it is. I've got, uh, we've got Cam Luke, so I'll be out west for that and uh some stuff going on so i'll be riding and i'll see everyone there that's the plan so uh no one will notice me because i'm not going to be doing well but i will be there somewhere and uh and probably loving it or or you know who knows we'll see i might pull a pull nicoletti and have a scowl on my face all day watch wait and see all right well hey man thanks for taking the time here as well today and i mean we're man we're just over a week away now from finding out uh, who's right who's wrong and um it's gonna be fun so thank you very much and thanks to maple ridge motorsports canadian kawasaki and this has been your 2022 Canadian Triple Crown MX Nationals podcast here, preview. All right, Greg, let's uh, sign it off there. Thank you very much, and we'll, uh, well, we'll see you uh, here at the races. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks very much. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. Bye.